Okay, hey, we're back. Welcome. It's whole nine yards with the idioms and word meanings. Yes. Informational information. Etymologies is. Yeah. Times. Don't you find? I think. All right. So welcome back. So today we have an umbrella category that's kind of uh, what do you call this, Ray? Numbers? I don't know. <laughs> what is no. this one called? No, it's not numbers. It's, it's you know, things that, uh, like... Uh, s- Stops. Killing things. Getting uh, rid of stuff. Yeah. Ending things. Yeah, that. Sorts of stuff. I'm not sure what you call it. Removals, too? There's a name for this. We're failing. Yeah. <laughs> it's all right. Someone will write in. Let us know. <laughs> yeah. That'll be great. Yeah. So, um... You have Deep Six? I have Deep Six, yes. How do you feel about reading Deep Six? That's cool. Uh, yeah, let's go with Deep Six. Yeah, I like it. It's interesting because, I mean, I think, well, Deep Six, first of all, means to discard, cancel, halt. Or also, I found out it's a place where something is discarded. Well, like. How do you think of it in terms of. That's a, when I, ass- I mean, you assume, right? I mean, Deep Six, six feet under kind of deal. You yeah, know, in my mind as well. It's yeah, so you discard <clears throat> a body right. of of the thing. And we're we're on the right track. It's not so un unlike that, but it's not really like that. Well, I love it when it's <laughs> like that cuz it's not really like that. Um it's weird because it relates again just kind of peripherally. Uh the deep six is a sailing jargon. Stop it. Yeah. No, I know. It, but it, again, it relates, so don't worry. Um, when the, I guess, their, their leadsmen on the boats, wow, my voice, sorry about that, everybody. Um, they have marks on the sounding line where they measure depth. An old-timey, you know, person would read the depth. We didn't have radar or sonar to do that stuff. So there's marks placed uh, at 2, 3, 5, 7, 10, 13, 15, 17, and 20 fathoms on a rope. I didn't hear a 6. No six. No, that's that's part of it. So when the uh, the number is at the depth that hits the number on the mark, you would say, by the mark. So if I'm tossing a rope over and it's right at the five-fathom line, I say, by the mark, five, you know? But if it's in between the numbers five and seven, you would call that by the deep. So if I'm in between five and seven, I'm by the deep six. And this uh, eventually, because uh, well, let's go. Let's go even further. One fathom, by the way, everybody is six feet. Ah. First of all, one fathom is six feet. Well, that helps. Just for, just so we know what a fathom is. Six actual <clears throat> feet of That's, twelve inch foot. Yeah, I mean, as far as we yes. All right. Yes. So um, the deep six would be technically thirty six feet underwater, um, by which. I guess I don't know who came up with this idea that you couldn't recover something from below six fathoms or 36 feet of the ocean. Well, have you ever dove down there six uh, fathoms? I don't know. It can't, it I, I snoobed once. Well, apparently not. So they would bury bodies at sea by deep sixing them off the ah. boat. But I know. And but six fathoms, not six feet mm-hmm. under like the thing. <clears throat> right. And we we get this 1610 in Shakespeare 
uh, in the Tempest writes, uh, Act One, Scene Two. Ariel sings, "Full fathom five, thy father lies. Of his bones are coral made. Those are pearls that were his eyes. Nothing of him that does fade. Both doth suffer a sea change into something rich and strange." So 1610, they're already talking about burying a guy five fathoms at the sea. That's not so enough. So this fray, but I'm saying the phrase has been around a long time. Sailing. It's a sailing phrase. It has nothing to do with six feet under the ground whatsoever. Santa Maria. Six fathoms is what we get. <laughs> but did you find that in modern, you know how people go, well, we, it doesn't mean that, but, we, but people made it mean that, so it means that. So we say it now, and everyone must think it means six feet under. I think so. I think that's what it was. If you again, that's what that's what I assume going in. You're like, oh, deep six, sure. You're burying a body six feet under the in the ground. That's what you're going to call it. But it is a sailing term, which also did eventually relate to disposing of bodies or things, whatever you want to cast at sea. To lose thirty six fathoms is apparently the the perfect depth in which to lose something or dispose of something. I, I enjoyed that more than I anticipated, and I already anticipated great enjoyment. <laughs> That's awesome, yeah. Um, I can, same thing. I, I enjoy learning about a lot of, we've done some several sailing origins I didn't realize. But, I mean, hey, we come from sailing, I guess. I, I think there was a time not long ago that we were sailing a lot, us folk. Yeah. Happens. Yeah. It's, it's just, yeah. But that's deep six. Great. Well, I have a a, a finishing end it kill it one okay. called. Uh, well, this is just a word. Is uh, kibosh. Okay. Kibosh. Yeah. When you say kibosh, what do you think? Uh, well, I think to quelch, I guess, or yeah, kibosh. It's, but yeah, to stomp out. I'll say. All right, stomp it out. Yeah. Why not? No. Okay. Well. Kibosh, mm-hmm. whoo, it has um, it has a couple of layers. Okay. So, but I I think we'll find this too. You know, there's there's things that like okay, where where did the use come from? Mm-hmm. But then where did the word or originate, or how did it come to be the word mm-hmm. people you know manipulated? Into this phrase this was a thing, and then how did it become the thing that we call it or whatever? Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure, it's a so part of it. People would have thought. Uh, it seems uh, Dickens used it in uh, 1836. Uh, oh some sort of uh, book sketches by Bose. Boz. It's got to be Boz. <laughs> Boz Don't be hating out there, but you could write in. Sketches by Boz, 1836. But um, thanks to modern technology, mm-hmm. uh, where these publications are more accessible to us, we see... Uh, it was used also by Dickens' publication in a shorter periodical in 1835. So he was already enjoying it. 1830s. 1830. Well, it's important. These The actual number is even more important. Oh. 1836 was, and then 1835, he actually used it. But we see it used now in newspaper uh, reports 1834. In London. Mm, okay. And so, you know, since Dickens was, you know, a... a, a Wordy? A, what are you looking for? <laughs> no, he's a British fellow, so oh, yes. he was over there. Yes. You know, enjoying... Certainly. Enjoying, you know, London newspapers. Yeah, or, right. Um, and, and, and just the flavor of the uh, colloquial language of the time. You mm-hmm. see 
1834 in a, in a uh, case with the local magistrate of this chimney sweep who had <laughs> decided to hawk his wares out loud in the street because it used to be, before 1834, legal, but somewhere right around there, a new administration was put into place, and they passed a law where you couldn't do this anymore. Anti-chimney so, sweep. Well, anti-hawking your uh, services uh, verbally out loud in the street. Ah, okay. I guess too many people were doing it. It was a nuisance. I'm not exactly sure. Oh, like they'd come down with the... Yes, okay. Yeah, so he was sure. just trying to get some work. <laughs> and uh, and he got uh, taken uh, taken away gotcha. or, or cited. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Here, here's this colorful use of, of the word kibosh in his statement about this uh, proceeding against him. It was the Vigs what passed the bill, and what the Duke of Wellington put the kibosh on him for, and sarve him right. So, excellent. Yeah. So that was printed. Mm-hmm. All right, and uh, we uh, people read it. People started saying it. He, it, it clearly, we're saying it before that because this fellow the said it sweep. as if it was yeah you know yeah. regular speak, but then in print for more for for it to propagate. Yeah. Um, so you have that, and that seems to be an undisputable first basic source. But then you go back and say, where where did it come from? Uh, some people thought uh, uh, Hebrew. Mm-hmm. Uh, this this word uh, chai meaning life had this. Uh, it's it spelled chai as we see chai, but I think it's chai mm. with a hard hard c. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's uh, has some numerological connection to the number 18 uh but i won't get into that that that's a rabbit hole okay um there's a turkish slang word meaning rubbish nonsense uh that is sort of like uh a kaiish word Mm -hmm. uh but then there's a high german word uh kybe uh meaning decaying flesh of animals so that kybe was sort of thought to be a bigger part of how kibosh, which is actually kibosk, I should say, came to be. But one of the more probable origins is a Gaelic saying, and I'll just spell this out for you, it's C-I-E-B-A-I-S, but that C is also hard, kibos. Okay. Uh, They said B-A-I-S was more of a bosh pronunciation in my research. Okay. Yeah. And so that kibosh, that was a cap of death uh, that was worn by judges when pronouncing a death penalty. So that sounds fantastic. <laughs> that does, that's, mm, all right. I'm because intrigued. that ties it all up in a bow. Right. Uh, but there's no documented use of it. There's an Irish poet, Padriac Column, born in 1881, that claims that is the origin of it. But again, nothing documented. Mm-hmm. But I'm going with that cap of death. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Let's cap of death it. Hey, Let's can we put the cap of death on that? It's all it all Damn, fits, that right? That sounds nice. That does it, it gives you a little satisfaction. Ties it right up. Well, hopefully, but uh, that was a lot for a short little word. Yeah, <laughs> took us on a journey all around. <laughs> yeah, some Yiddish, some Celtic. But let's uh, take Turkish. Uh, yeah, Turkish. Uh, yeah, yeah. But we'll take a short break and 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 get some ads, uh, and we'll be right back. Support Whole Nine Yards and make your life easier with Instacart. Online grocery shopping made simple. 
Instacart connects you with personal shoppers in your area to shop and deliver groceries from your favorite stores in a single order. Products you love from local stores, hand-selected based on your preferences. Many items may be delivered in as little as an hour. Instacart helps to save you money on your favorite items and recommends new products that you might also love. Instacart, the most convenient way to shop. Whole Nine Yards is sponsored by the Roberto Clemente Museum. Located in a restored engine house in Pittsburgh's revitalized Lawrenceville neighborhood, the Clemente Museum is a showcase of the largest exhibited collection of baseball artifacts, works of art, literature, photographs, and memorabilia related to Roberto Clemente and his life in baseball. Shop the store for clothing and other items featuring the iconic 21 logo and purchase tour tickets for the museum at clemenemuseum.com. Enter promo code W9Y21 for a 10% discount on hats and tees. That's clemenemuseum.com, promo code W9Y21. Whole Nine Yards is sponsored by Big Science Music. Big Science Music is a can and one show award-winning original music and sound boutique, providing scoring, sound design, radio, podcast, and audio post-production services for the advertising, film, and video industries. Big Science Music also offers ADR, casting, and project management. Big Science Music's reels, full capabilities, and more can be found at bigsciencemusic.com. That's bigsciencemusic.com. Hey, thanks. Welcome back. Yeah, welcome. From that place you were. Where the ads are. Where we're still here. We're going to continue on this path of ending it type things. And Ray, you have 86? 86. 86. To eject or debar, in parentheses, a person from premises or to reject or abandon. So I was, first time I heard it, I was maybe 15 years old working as a dishwasher at Red Lobster. Okay. And we won't get into the story of why I got okay. fired, but okay. I got fired. <laughs> Did they use the term? The manager dragged me into his office, I and he said, uh, I'm going to have to 86 oh, you. Oh, man. Okay. Said that to me. And, wow. And I knew in the context it meant I was fired. Yeah. But as a 15-year-old going, like, what? what? Yeah. So, yeah. Well, sure, you're new. You don't know. Okay. So you heard it in, in we're going to say, in the restaurant industry. I heard it in, yeah. He said it was the Red Lobster. He Which... Was, is what again purported a lot of conjecture, but like a conjecture. lot of them are centered around the service industry in the restaurant business. I, I like it already. That's awesome, huh? Nice. So that works out. That's a perfect intro. Huh. We need to shoehorn something else in there. <laughs> no, this is honestly a story that happened. No, yeah, that's uh, wow. So I mean, it, it does have again, kind of its roots are in the service industry. Um, in bars and restaurants again, but it we'll get we'll get let's to, hear it. It's, we'll get to the unsatisfying no, yeah. parts. Um, the first, <clears throat> I guess, purported uh, usage of the term, or I guess, origin of the term, not usage, because uh, yeah, 1927, there was a bar in the West Village of Lower Manhattan called Chumley's, which oh. I was glad to hear because uh, you know, oh, yeah, um, which the address uh, was 86 Bedford Street. Oh, yeah. So in a book by Jeff Klein, The History and Stories of the Best Bars of New York, he claims that during Prohibition, uh, 
you know, which was a time when we weren't allowed to drink alcohol. Yeah. You know, but they did at bars. And sure. the police chiefs and things were on Everybody. the take. Everyone's in on it. It's just one of those things. So the police would call Chumley's bar and let them know, hey, we're going to be raiding you guys, like, soon. So 86, your customers, meaning they should exit out the 86 Bedford Street door while the police would come into an alternate entrance of the bar. Nice. <clears throat> like a back door kind of way, um, which I was I'm like, cool, that's cool, but it's too neat, and that's unlikely, they say. Shoot. Yeah. Uh, they say because the phrase was really widely used around those area that time that they figured it couldn't have been invented at that same time. I don't know. I mean, it was New York. There's lots of people. Things could spread fast. I don't know. <sighs> From what I've come to, to learn, this one doesn't have a, a bow around it. Yeah. yeah. So in 1936, uh, publishing from the American Dialect Society book, American Speech, they say 86 uh, is a term that means item on menu, but not on hand, which refers to uh, also a New York restaurant, Delmonico's, which apparently the 86th item on their menu was a Delmonico, or house steak, I'm sorry, uh, which was often unavailable during the restaurant's early years. So you couldn't get number 86 because they were out of it. 86 is a lot of menu items. It seems like a lot. Again, uns unsatisfying. Uh, more conjecture that of some smaller bars only were able to hold 85 patrons at once, so the 86th person couldn't come in. That seems shady. I know. <laughs> uh, another conjecture is a reference to Article 86. This is all New York Center. That's funny. Of New York State Liquor Code, uh, which defines when a person becomes intoxicated too too much, they, they should not be served anymore. But uh, this doesn't exist. Oh, somebody <laughs> made this up. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. Uh. So it's all conjecture. Um, the f most likely reason why we say 86 is because we love things that rhyme. And Nick's and 86 rhyme. And we do things like that, which I dig. Um, it's not as satisfying as, say, the cap of death, but... <laughs> cap of death is good. Um, yeah, so uh, the most likely definition that I've come across or is that it just rhymes with Nick's, which also meant, you know, no or get rid of. And we Man. Like 86. Well, 86, yeah, which is cool. I like the Chumley's bar. I'm yeah, going me too. to just go with that. Yeah, uh, it's a good one, but... I, I mean, I guess I didn't find a strong evidence against it but i just couldn't we can't prove it i guess i mean it's one of proving. those things it's a false yeah yeah the uh, first documented use was to use 86 in the sense to mean uh, refuse service uh dates to a 1944 book about john barrymore who was an actor um i know the name i don't know what films he was in of those early eras he was a tw 1920s i think is his yeah yeah you know what film he was in ray no sure I i'm gonna tell you it's a Wonderful Life. Was he? in that oh, motion man. picture, yeah. Okay, I yeah, all right. Um, but apparently he was a fellow who, who liked to drink. Uh, but it doesn't, it's just a side. Like, it's an aside. It says that the bartenders would refer to drunk folks as 86, but I, I didn't really find any hmm. satisfying. Unsatisfying. Yeah, it left me a little. So Nick's is the best, best I could find. All right. 
Yeah. I'll accept that. Yeah. That's what I got. I mean, Chumleys would be great. I'm going with Chumleys in my own personal life. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, look, uh, people have been uh, beginning to email nice. us. Nice. That's I know. awesome. And um, so I have, a, I have an email to read. Kate from Story City, Iowa writes us about, you remember us doing the, the all-in, the everything, all of it yeah. uh, episode sure. that included Full Monty. <laughs> I do remember that one because I was, yes, I really enjoyed researching that one. <laughs> right? Yes. Um, and uh, she says, uh, hey, guys, love the show, and I uh, wanted to add my two cents. I happen to have studied the idiom Full Monty for a project a couple of years ago, and you left something out. Oh. Um, the Sir Montague Burton, and we'll remind people that uh, it, we ended up concluding that uh, was a tailor. The tailor, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, and she does tell us the shop was in Lancashire, England. Oh, nice. Um, that... Uh, to get the full Monty ended up meaning you wanted the whole, you wanted that the three piece, s- that really nice Monty custom, suit. Yeah, yeah, we want that Monty on there. Okay, well, right. But the the additional, it's really just um, a little piece of color. Oh, okay. She says, um, but in in a fun fact, you guys omitted uh, it was in print in mid nineteen fifties because of a singing group, the Harper Brothers were on stage and spotted a well-dressed fellow in the audience who ended up being from a record label and signed them after the performance. And the brothers reflected back, remembering having spotted the well-dressed bloke in the crowd saying he had on the full Monty, rings, chains, all of that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Kate says, I just wanted to add that. Please keep (laughs) it up. Thanks, Kate. We appreciate uh, the fun facts and additions. I love that. Uh, Lancashire? Yeah. Nice. Blackburn, Lancashire, like the Beatles song. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that, she wrote to, uh, what, mm-hmm. you at whole9yards.org, right? That's where she wrote. <laughs> yeah, good segue. Um, that's a whole, that's a whole Nine Yards for this week. Uh, thanks for joining Thank us. You. If you want to email us like Kate, uh, email hey you like Ray said, <laughs> hey you at whole number nine yards.org that's hey you at whole nine yards.org uh, you can also check out whole nine yards.org .org. The, yeah. the website for more and um, that's great I'm Jay I'm Ray and, and we're, we're not, not idioms. idioms whole nine yards is written recorded and produced by big science pods learn more at whole nine yards.org or contact whole nine yards by emailing Hey you at whole9yards.org. That's hey you at whole9yards.org. Whole9yards theme music composed by Big Science Music.